raging blizzard where he'd probably die anyway. He wouldn't give those bastards the satisfaction, he thought. There was a slim chance he could make it, and right now, that was better than no chance at all. Most importantly, she wouldn't have the book. He circumnavigated the hotel and fled for the summit. He reached the vertex of Sergspitze, exhausted, voices behind him barely audible over the wind whipping across the mountain's peak. He leaned into the wind and let the thought of keeping the journal from her drive his determination. Descending the northeast face of Zugspitze offered no shelter from the squall. In fact, just the opposite. It kept him in the brunt of the storm's fury. The bitter cold wore on him with each passing minute. Each time he stopped to rest, he thought he heard voices above him, mixed with the whirlpool of wind whipping and swirling through the jagged rocks. The threat forced him to keep moving, descending the treacherous decline toward the Hulentalferna glacier, where he knew he could make faster progress. But first he still had to descend the Kleitersteig, or climbing path, a near-vertical rock face outfitted with cables, ropes, stemples, and ladders. It was intended solely for climbing, not descending, and he knew it would be covered with ice. When he reached the precipice, he looked down at the sheet of ice blanketing his path and knew the descent would be perilous. And foolish. He studied the path down the mountain and located each stemple, a wooden or iron peg wedged into the rock and gauged how much ice had accumulated on the wall. The next four hours were spent in a slow, meticulous descent. Grasping the frozen guide rope with one hand, he lowered himself to the next stemple, knocking it clear of ice with his boots before putting his full weight on it. His gloves, shredded against the jagged rocks, left little for protection and warmth. His fingers were numb. How he longed to return to the hot and humid south, where winters in his small hometown in northwestern South Carolina were mild in comparison to the brutal winters of Germany. He'd long since forgotten about the men chasing him, when it occurred to him that he hadn't heard their voices in over three hours. Maybe they gave up and turned back. Fifty feet above the glacier he caught his first glimpse of the barren ice field through the raging snowstorm. Thirty more minutes, he thought, perhaps forty-five, to descend to the glacier. He stopped to catch his breath. His fingers throbbed from the cold, so he cupped his hands and blew hot breath into them in a vain attempt to stimulate blood circulation to his fingertips. Small rocks and ice pelted him from above, and he knew the woman and her Austrian thugs were still in pursuit. He tripled his efforts, traversing the steep decline faster, not taking the time to clean the ice from the stemples before each step. Twenty feet above the glacier a wooden stemple broke. With one hand still clutching the guide rope, he swung away from the stemples and crashed into the icy rock face. A shot rang out and simultaneously a shockwave pounded his chest, radiating upward through his shoulder and into his arm. 
too painful for him to cling to the safety line. His hand slipped free and he plummeted toward the glacier, bouncing off a rock outcropping on the way down. A thick snowdrift next to the icy rock face cushioned his fall. He grabbed at the searing pain. Underneath his heavy coat, he felt his warm blood spreading across his shirt. He'd been shot. He heard men yelling. He looked up and saw three faint silhouettes move across the snow-covered icy crag. He pulled himself to his feet and sprinted across the glacial ice field and away from his pursuers. The man shouted again. Then he heard the blast from a rifle. A patch of ice next to him exploded. He turned around to see where the shot came from, but the snowstorm had swallowed the side of the mountain, and the rock face was no longer visible. Thank goodness he made it to the ice field. Although not level, it still allowed him to move much faster in the raging storm. He was on the Hulantel.